Hey, we're always about servant leadership here at Last in Line Leadership. And this month in October as well, we're honoring, as you know, former military, former law enforcement, you know, first responders in general. Um, and came across a guy that I had to get on the show because his background just exudes service, servant leadership. Um, and I want to talk about him for a second. His name's Blake Wright. Um, he was a police officer for two years. Um, he was a field training officer as well as SWAT team member. Um, left the, the force back in 15, 2015. Um, pursued some other interests and then founded a company with his brother, Chad. And most of you that, that watch this podcast know who these guys are. But for those of you who don't, he and his brother, Chad, created what's called three of seven project. And Blake is now the president, uh, of this company. Um, he serves also, again, there's that word again, serves. He's a servant, uh, man of faith serves as a firearm instructor, uh, wilderness instructor, uh, handles all things really within the operational side of the house for three of seven project. Um, and man, I just want to formally thank him and welcome Blake right to the show. Well, thanks for having me, brother. It's an honor to be on here and excited to dig into this. Yeah, you know, it's always good to meet new people, new like-minded people who are chasing after the same gospel, chasing after the same purpose, and knowing that we have the same eternity. Like, I think it's fun to meet people that are on that same page. Um, so, yeah, man, I guess, so the listeners, I know a little bit, not as much as I want to know, but... For the listeners that aren't familiar with Three of Seven, man, talk about how that was born, where it's kind of how it's evolved, and really what the point, what the purpose of it is. Yeah, so basically, Chad had gotten out of Chad is my brother, Chad Wright. He got out of the military, medically retired, and was just really looking for something to do. Me and him, he moved back to Georgia moved into my basement, actually lived there for about six months. And so we were just thinking like, we knew we wanted to do something in the world to help other people, but we didn't really know what that looked like. So we just, uh, man, it's, I mean, it's really, it's not like a big, like idea light bulb story. We were just like, what can we do to help people out? And Chad loved podcasts and things like that. So we got the podcast going. We got some merchandise going. We didn't know what in the world we were doing, man. I mean, when we started, we had this little, uh, like, I don't know, $75 USB Yeti mic for the podcast. And, and that, I mean, that was a big purchase for us, man. I mean, that it seems crazy, but that was a big deal. Like, we, we talked, like, man, do we really need to buy that? Should we just use computer audio? I think we, uh, me and him, scrounged up about 2500 bucks between the two of us that we could put into the business. So yeah, we got a website, we got a, a mic to do a podcast with. Uh, yeah. Chad didn't even have internet at his house. He was driving to a buddy's house to record them and well, we got some what shirts is, what made. Is it? What is it? What is three of seven? Talk about the name, how you came up with this. Yeah. Like, what is the, the whole project? Because it's three of seven project. What does that mean? Yeah. So <laughs> we decided that well, we didn't decide it. We just know it and we wanted to offer it to other people. So the name in itself is the three is symbolic of that. We believe everybody's a body, soul, and spirit. So you got three parts to your being. And the seven is the biblical number for completion. So we believe that 
you have to not only pay attention, you know, focusing on one of those three areas, but to be like who you are supposed to be mm-hmm. and to be most successful and fulfilled in life, you have to focus on all three of those areas. So you can't just be like a really solid athlete, but let your, let your spiritual side dwindle or vice versa. You can't be just dug into the Bible and let your body go downhill, you know? So you have to focus on all three of those areas and as equally as you can, it's not, it's like a balancing act, but as equally as you can get all of those as sharp as you can to be the most effective person. And so we just exist through the podcast, through our courses we run, through even the products. Anything we offer is a resource for the listeners and supporters and followers of 307 to further sharpen all three areas of their of their being. Yeah, and, and I think it's cool because as I listen to you guys on your podcast, like like we were talking off air, you know, you, Chad, Chili, who is the third member of this team, who isn't blood related, but like we were talking about practically is. And uh, you guys have created this program, this training program for people. Like, so Chad's an ultra runner. Uh, Chili is getting back more serious. I think in it, he yeah. was a high level at one point, even, yeah. well, we won't talk about him and Chad competition early in early <laughs> in the days. So are you also an ultra? Runner? I know you do the PT with them, you know, when they do it, uh, you compete in races as well. I don't know that you could say I compete. I guess I compete to an extent, but not to be first place. Uh, I've ran a couple 50 milers, uh, 50 K. So I, I've done a few ultra marathons. Yeah. I'm out there competing against myself, honestly. Yeah. Usually, uh, me and a buddy or something will go running, yeah. and it, to me, it's more about the time with them and learning things about myself. I like to compete, but I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. I do have the time, but I'm not willing to sacrifice other things because I got two little girls. So when yeah. I got spare time, I do focus on my body, but not to the extent that Chad and Chili do. I just, yeah, I just I mean, don't. I spend it with the kids, you know. Hey, I've got four kids, like, and I'm quite a bit older than you guys. But so every day, Monday through Friday, uh, so I'm in the garage lifting weights, right? And so I'm, I'm focused on my body for that hour that I, that nobody is bothering me, right? But you can't, like, I watch those guys do what they do, and. And we're getting a little off topic, but that's my fault. Uh, but anyway, I just thought I would address, like, I don't know how they do it. I think, I mean, it's just a compliment to just their commitment level of how intense uh, Chad, you know, for sure is. But all your guys is following. So when you guys decided to do these instruct uh, these courses, right, basic courses, you got groups of people that come in, you guys train them for I don't know, a day or two, or I don't know, even longer maybe, but you guys are shaping all three facets of that three of seven you guys talk about. So you're living it and spreading it to people. Um, Can you talk about some of the, I don't know, some of the cool moments that you've seen over the years or, you know, some of the things you've seen lives transformed beyond just physical endurance? Yeah. So we offer a couple courses and you're, you're right. They are multiple day courses and, we don't ever want to just go now. Some people will hire Chad to come speak and that just is what it is. But if we're putting on something, we want to give you the tools and then we want to immediately give you an opportunity to implement those tools while we're there. So we do the basic course, which is a wilderness mission. 
Mm-hmm. We do the proving ground, which is like a kind of camp based thing. And so the, the people that come out there, what's really cool to me is that they form such a strong bond among. So these are eight, like the basic course, for instance, is eight team members coming from mm-hmm. all over the country. They don't know each other. And by the end of the third day, they are like, they're just like clicking. I mean, really, it's like they've known each other for 15 years. It That to me, that's one of the really cool things. They're having weekly or monthly Zoom calls with just their team checking in, helping each other out. They're going out on their own missions now. There's been several of them that have gone out, got their whole team together and went out and did their own wilderness mission. And so as far as from a team aspect, those are the really cool things that happen. But the stories that come in on like a more of a personal level of like people saying, hey, man, honestly, I was about to commit suicide and I Mm -hmm. attended your course and it turned my life around or their marriage or yeah, or restoring their relationship back to God. And so. To me, that, that's like the fuel, right? Some people are in business for the money and right. things like that. And, and when they get a big check, that pushes them, right, to, to do more and work harder. But, I mean, you got to have money to live. But honestly, yeah, I'm not just saying this, but if I got enough to pay the bills and yeah, a little bit extra to have a good time with my family, I'm, I'm good to go. If I had $10 million right now, I, I honestly can say I would live no differently than I'm living yeah. now. Yeah. Um, that's so awesome. for me, the fuel or the currency that I work for, if you will, is yeah. to hear those stories of people's lives being changed. And so, man, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I will get like caught up and almost burned out on it just because it's so much. And and I hear one of those stories come in, man. And it's like that to me is the it lights the fire. So, yeah. You know, that's yeah. a roundabout way of answering your question, but the strong bonds formed among the team, the the relationships restored back to God, the marriages healed. And none of this is us. I'm not saying we're doing this. Oh, we are a conduit yeah. that, that God is working through. I hear you. And and the, like you said, those emails are just confirmation that you're doing the right thing, that you're right in line with what God called you to do. And you guys teaming up and doing, you're just walking out obediently what you feel called to spread to other people. And, and it's being confirmed in those stories and in just how this is, this thing's grown like crazy, you know, in a short time. Uh, and, and so my listeners know that I'm a big analogy metaphor guy. And, and for you to say that on the third day of the course, people have this awakening almost, they have this bond that's confirmed and solidified it's not a, to me in my weirdness, I guess it's not a coincidence that in on the third day, pretty <laughs> cool stuff, pretty cool stuff happened a long time ago. Yeah. And so, you know, he resurrected on the third day, these folks may be spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, physically resurrected their life a little bit from where it was just from a story you just mentioned. So I love that. Um, and I know it probably wasn't an accident that you decided three days to be like, that was probably intentional to do three days. Right. I mean, you know, that's a that's a good thought. We had a, I mean, really, I never considered it, but uh, really, that's just what it worked out to be. So yeah, okay. You know, surprisingly, so that wasn't intentional, but uh, cool. you know, they all that that bond is built throughout the the three days of the course, and then yeah. just by the end, it, yeah, it's just uh, it's, 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 it's really amazing, you know. Yeah. And, <clears throat> well, okay, so let's dive in a little bit to your law enforcement career. 
Yeah. So your brother, a um, little older than you, uh, had a quite a journey as a Navy SEAL. Uh, just becoming one alone, that story is remarkable in itself. So you're kind of watching that. And then you'd go into law enforcement. What made you choose versus did you ever consider following big brother's footsteps in, in military? What shows do you have this family pedigree that people are in either military or law enforcement? How'd you make that choice? Yeah, no, Chad was, I mean, I'm trying to think back. I think he's probably the only male as far back as I, as far back as I know that was in the military. Now, mm. my dad, he was a law enforcement officer for a, a big majority of his life. And mm. so therefore, you know, we were around some buddies of his that were, and really he was the only other one I can think of that was okay. in law enforcement. So, you know, he was law enforcement, Chad was in the military and I did have the urge and I guess desire for a little bit to go in the military, but to be honest, man, I'm just a, I don't want to say a homebody, but I, I'm more like, I, I wanted to have a family, right? That, that was one goal that I wanted. I mean, I've loved kids all my life. So yeah. I knew that like, I wanted to put some roots down pretty early. I wanted to establish a family. And ultimately I think that's what kept me home is that I knew if I went into the military, that would delay that process. And I couldn't be as, as good of a dad or husband being in the military just due to the, the yeah. environment those guys have to work in. Right. So, yeah. uh, I just thought, I mean, I love guns, dude. I love guns. I love shooting. I love, I don't want to say I love fighting, but I love the tactics and yeah, defensive yeah. tactics and things. And I mean, what dude doesn't like right. shooting, fighting and driving fast. Right. So yeah, I yeah. was young when I got in, I was uh, 21 going through the Academy. And so I think it was just, you know, I just wanted to do something to really, I don't even think it was to do with serving the community, to be honest. I found that out later that that's what I liked about it. But initially uh -huh. I just thought it would be a really cool job. So yeah, yeah I went up to uh, the local County police, just real rural County man was like, it's a big County, like 500 and something square miles. And, um, so I went yeah. up there, put in my application, went through the process and, uh, and they hired me. So well, that's how I got into it. Yeah. So did that kind of, Oh, you know, like I said, you didn't, it wasn't a long lived experience, you know, in relation to some other folks, but did that, did that fire just kind of fizzle out within you or did you kind of find some other avenues that interested you that maybe you could tap into some of the same passions you had in a different way? No, to be honest, the pay the pay is what was bad over okay. here on the east coast man is bad like i mean i, I when i quit i was making less than 15 dollars an hour okay and so the things that i loved about the police department was i mean we had a really good team there like the the um the shift had a really good bond and brotherhood and ever you knew everybody had your back you know like Physically, they had your back. If someone was going to try to bring up some mess against you, you knew that they were going to back you up and be on your side. And so that yeah. was really cool. And that, that's what I missed the most about it. But I'm getting that now through three of seven. Right. But really what got me out of it was just the pay. I had an opportunity to come up in construction. And, I mean, I, I left there making 
less than $15 an hour and went and took this job and, you know, it's probably making 80 or $90,000 a year, you know? So I like tripled my salary yeah. uh, over yeah. <laughs> overnight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so in that, in, in the police force or in law enforcement, uh, I would imagine that maybe there's some challenges to your faith along that journey, like in that two years of time, because it sounds like to me, you guys were brought up in your faith. You were brought up in a Christian home. You guys are solid in your faith now as grown men. What what are some challenges that people, I guess, that the listeners would benefit from that maybe you had to overcome as a Christian, uh, you know, in law enforcement or some of the examples you had to set or maybe even people that you kind of saw that, hey, okay, I want to be like that, you know, that were strong in their faith too, not saying everybody isn't. So what, what, what about your faith grew or was tested in, as a law enforcement officer? Yeah, uh, I remember before I went in, my dad's buddy that was in the police, he was a police for all of his career, and he told me, he said, it's going to be, it's going to be hard on your faith. He was a Christian too. And so you're right, going into that, the, to me, the issue was that you see so many things, like, it's all everywhere, but you, you get like a open lens into everything bad that's happening in that community. And, you know, really it's easy to lose hope or faith, even though we as humans have no hope or faith or or hope as a human, right. We're all going to screw it up, but it's easy to, to get down on that. And then just honestly, a lot of the people within the police department are, they're just, if they're Christians, they're not really living it out, right? So, <clears throat> I mean, the the biggest thing that sticks out to me about faith when I was a police officer was banding together with the other Christians in the police department. And there was a few on my, uh, on my shift. And some of the other guys weren't, but every mm-hmm. time, like we'd come in and we'd have our brief right before the, before the shift rolls out. Mm-hmm. So we'd come in and just catch up on what's happening. And we would always pray before the shift left. And we were like, Hey, look, we're going to say a prayer. If you're not Christian, you don't want to hear it. That that's fine. You can leave. So, yeah. you know, kind of banding together with them strengthens your faith and, and your willingness to be bold in it you know but but it did take that step of just a couple of us coming out and saying hey we're going to do this and then everyone else was on board Mm -hmm. and there's this company or i don't even know if it's a company it might be a church or something but they sell these little golden crosses Mm -hmm. that it's for law enforcement you can pin it on your uh on your uniform or whatever Mm -hmm. and they send them out for free and i i got like 15 or 20 of those and so i just started handing them out and it was pretty cool because it was a way to see like who was really interested or who wasn't. Yeah. And then, man, it was really cool with everybody wearing those. You would get a lot of comments like in court, even aside, you'd be in a court case and the jury would be like, can I ask you about that cross on your, on your uniform? And I'm like, yeah, you sure can. Absolutely. Let me tell you about Jesus, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, and then going on calls and stuff, it, it really, you'd look, just look down and see. And to me, it was just a good reminder that's where I learned that, that I really like to serve people because you go out there, it's easy to get <clears throat> roped into, oh, this is just another domestic call. This is just another traffic stop or mm-hmm. another theft call or whatever. But really, <clears throat> it reminded me that every situation you're going to, whether it's like a you might have to go fight this guy or, or it's just a, somebody that's broken into their house, but 
you mm-hmm. they've called you there because they want you there some of them some of them don't want you there but sure. yeah at any case you're there and you have the right to be there and they have to listen to you and so you have their ear and you can tell them whatever you want to tell them right i mean you got to give them the law and what's going on but that man listen there was even people that i would i would lock up and take to jail for drugs or whatever the charge was and i don't know probably 60 or 70 percent of them i would pray with before we got out and went into jail i'd say hey look man I know you're in a tight spot. This is just my job, but we're we're here for a reason. Let me pray for you. And maybe it meant something to some of them. Maybe it didn't. I never saw the result of it, but I just yeah. felt called to do that. So yeah. I guess the encouragement would be like yeah. to, if you're in law enforcement and you're listening to this, like fill out your department and see who is, who's there to have your back. But, but if, even if there's not, man, the, the Bible talks about none of us have strived unto death for our faith, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. in the Bible they did. So like, you're not going to die because you share your faith with the department or with the people you're going out on calls to. And you yeah. have their ear, man. When you, when you call the cops or you get pulled over, who are you listening to? Right. I mean, like all ears and eyes are on you. Yeah. And so I'd look down at that cross and I'd say, you know, this is this is just an opportunity for me to treat these people the right way and and not yeah. take advantage of whatever That's authority good. that I have. That's a pretty cool way to look at it cuz man when I think of teachers in the school system they can't do that. They can't take That's the right. liberty, right? If they're a Christian, they can't even utter the word Jesus or faith or Christian. Uh but it's nice because when you get somebody in that squad car, you know, you can tell them Hey, this is either going to be the best day of your life or, or the worst because you're going to listen to me talk about about Jesus and the hope that's in Him, and and then the fact that you're praying with Him. Yeah, you got you got a captive audience. I mean, I like that. So hope that never changes. You know, as we talk about where the world's going and government and that kind of thing. But um, well, and that's yeah, so, every day too, right? Like even outside right. of law enforcement, everybody that you come in contact with, like you have an opportunity to. You don't have to preach the gospel, but you can live it out in front of them, right? There's different right. ways to reach everybody. So it's just important about being intentional. I hate the buzzwords, man, but it's right, important right. about being deliberate yes. about the words that you say and how you act around everybody that you're around. Yeah, and I like what you said about isolation, too, because it'd be easy when you mentioned there's some Christians in law enforcement that really aren't acting that way. Well, the environment has sort of sucked them in, right? They haven't influenced the environment because either they don't have that band of brothers that are Christians that they can lock arms or they just kind of isolate and kind of, they don't want to be out in front with their faith. So then all of a sudden they're just kind of going with the current and going with the flow. And, and like you said, that was great advice is man, seek them out because they might be more than you think in that same room as you and, and get together build build that group right build that group like you did and and i think that's cool because we i mean yeah we we all need uh, praying before and after like uh at those you know your briefings or after being in on your shift like i think there's power in that and and of all people law enforcement definitely need to be covered in prayer so man did you how did you become so uh you know you guys have these qualities these disciplines in your family uh to push your bodies right to push yourselves the endurance factor y'all y'all have that resilience and and i'm i would imagine that you know chad's came from uh 
his time in in navy naval navy seal training right in the military like they they make you either have that or you get weeded out real quick but you know growing up those kinds of things did y'all just have good examples and just kind of what's made you who you are as far as the qualities like discipline resilience just perseverance like because we talk about you know the disciplines you might have gained from being in law enforcement you might have learned some ways that shaped you what has shaped you as as a believer and as a as a man to this point in your life yeah man i mean and i would say uh, initially like my experience with god was in uh I just kind of come to this realization, not even real long ago, but back in middle school. So we moved around a good bit growing up. And I remember, I think it was in like sixth grade. So I was going from elementary school to middle school. And then I switched school system. So I don't know anybody. Right. And it was just a lot for me as, as a kid. And I remember being super anxious about it so much that I had to go to the doctor and they like prescribed me this anxiety medicine. And I mean, it, it, for me, it was, it was just bad. I, I just, my stomach would get upset. I, I just didn't want to go. Right. And I remember right. thinking that like, man, this is not sustainable. I'm not, I don't like how this medicine makes me feel. I'm not going to keep taking it. There, there has to be some other way. And honestly, that's when I recognized my need for Jesus. It, so mm. I'm, I'm answering your question about the spiritual young, side, how, young, I, how yeah. I came to, because really when you ask someone, their, their testimony, really, it needs to be the answer of when did you realize that you needed Jesus in your life? And for me, that's it. I remember, like, I can't keep doing this. And I was able to, at once I realized that, at the drop of a hat, unload all of that burden, stress, and anxiety off and say, I, I just got to trust you, Jesus, that you're going to handle this. And, like, the worries were petty, right? I mean, it's, it's so small. But for me as a kid, it was a big thing. I mean, yeah. I was... School was like, that was the top of the line for me. That's all I knew. And yeah. And so, all, you know, my friends were gone. I didn't know anybody. And I don't even really know what was causing all of the anxiety, but I think it was just a conglomerate of everything. But that's when I realized I have to have some other higher power help to take this off of me. And I turned to Jesus and he took it off of me. Yeah. Took and ownership I can hold on to that story. Yeah. You took ownership and made it personal with yourself, not just a faith that your family had, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, that's that's it. When I I was around it growing up, and so that's what I turned to, but that mm-hmm. was when I first experienced Jesus. And from that point forward, I can hang on to that and know that when I get overwhelmed, it's it's not on in the end, it's not on my shoulders, regardless what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's none yeah. of this stuff is in my control. Yeah. So is uh as far as my spiritual journey, that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, it kind of grew and built, and then I've got in high school and I mean I I was lukewarm is what I was like I would say yeah I'm a Christian but I wasn't really living it out and yeah didn't do anything real crazy and then I just came back to know the Lord even deeper yeah when I met my wife and she was in church so as far as that side of things that was really my journey and I just continued to build on it yeah up to the point I'm at today and then that's awesome no go ahead go ahead I was just going to shift into like the physical side of things. And, yeah. You know, it, it's interesting the questions you're asking because <clears throat> I mean, I guess I've thought them some, but I haven't really ever pondered on them too uh-huh. deep. But if I'm thinking about like my exercise and stuff and we were always outside doing stuff as kids, but mm-hmm. once I became 
you know, like a teenager or whatever. Dad was – he was going to the gym, so I would always ride up there with him and his buddy. We would work out. and Then I got into doing some jiu-jitsu and, I mean, not competitive or anything, just taking classes, a good workout, mm-hmm. and I like doing it. But I was more on the weightlifting side growing up. I was never, like, too strong, but that was what I did. I didn't run or anything like that. And really – so I think that kind of built my base, and then – when Chad got out of the uh, – or when he was getting out of the SEALs, he went and ran that 50-mile race up in Damascus, Virginia. Uh, mm. It's called the Iron Mountain, Iron Mountain 50-miler. And he said – he told me that uh, – he said, oh, I, wasn't, I knew it was bad. I seen him afterwards. He was beat up bad. <laughs> and a couple weeks went by, and I kind of forgot about that image of him. And he said, uh, oh, you ought to go do that, Blake. It wasn't really that bad. I can hear him saying that. I can hear him telling you that. (laughs) And somehow I let him con me into doing that. And I signed up and I remember I texted him a few times and I was like, man, do you really think I can do this? I was like, that's a long way to go. And he's like, oh yeah, you got it. And we went and got it done. It was, it was rough, but we got it done. And so what I'm saying is I think I built that, that foundation maybe of enjoying the exercise, just building a base of fitness and I really think Chad fostered that afterwards. Uh, he just yeah. came out. I mean, he's my big brother. He's my best friend. And, you know, mm-hmm. we haven't been close our whole life, but we've, we've never had any big falling outs or anything yeah. like that. And so we've always maintained some sort of communication. I've always looked up to him. And so he would always, I remember he'd send me like emails of workouts that they did or this program they're doing. And so it was just, challenging me to to -hmm. continue doing that and that really pushed me on to the next level by him doing that Mm -hmm. and then running the race and so yeah really it's just having him in my life that challenged me and pushed me to continue doing that and yeah well people listening i mean i think when we're talking about physical shape being in shape fitness whatever just nutrition health and I just talked about this. I taught this at, at our men's class this week at church. And, and I, you know, nobody wants to hear finances and physical health. Nobody wants to hear that message. And, right and because uh, the amount of hab- habit forming sacrifice discipline that you have to develop, and then you don't just see the results immediately. So people listening right now, hopefully what your story motivated them to do about just going and doing that race even though you're like talking yourself out of it the longer it goes on and if he didn't spur you on maybe who knows what would have happened but people listening man just i think it's just a matter of start somewhere i think it's just a matter of get to a point where you feel your body's being tested and then stop move to the next day test it a little more you know and i i keep saying you know we got way more in us than we think we do and that could apply to anything other than just you know, physical strength or endurance, like that can go with our faith that could go in our relationships, whatever. Like when we think we're at a threshold, we can actually probably push a little further and that, and do that one oh, more yeah. mile. Right. When you're at mile 49, you're probably like, okay, that was good. I'm good. I practically did it. I pretty much did it. Right. But you've got another gear that you end up finding out about that you wouldn't have known about at mile two, but you know, that, that right there, I don't know, 50 miles. I don't know that I see that in my future, but, uh, never say never. Right. Hey, you got it in you, brother. You just said it. You right, just said right? you got more in you than you know. So you I, got that's it. That's right. 
let's let start, you, but we don't want to start at 50 maybe if i don't run I and haven't run at. in like 30 years that, I don't was, know about. that was the first race i ever ran man wow okay and okay I, so I let's talk I about found, how how much you wanted to die after was that it wasn't as bad as you thought oh it was rough okay it was bad rough i had some <laughs> bad stomach problems uh probably from probably from about mile 15 to maybe I don't know, 35 or 40. Yeah. Man, my stomach was in not, I mean, That's awesome. I'm talking about it was bad. I, I was, there was a point where I just stopped on the side of the trail and just like laid down in the fetal position and I pouring down rain. I was like, I don't, I, I don't care. I got to get my stomach to stop somehow. Yeah. yeah. And eventually it, it cleared up, but. That's yeah, awesome. That makes me want to run right out gear. and do it. That makes me want to run right out and do it here and that. You need to, Definitely. son. Of course. Yes. <laughs> well okay so maybe we'll yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll look into that i don't know uh maybe i need to start with your basic course first or something Heck but yeah man got some buddies that have done that course and they loved it um so man what if, if you're going like talk to some of the younger folks now um that are listening maybe then they're early well you're you're young too compared to me and others but some of the folks that maybe are contemplating military contemplating law enforcement even maybe a younger version of yourself when you knew you were going in like you have any advice along those lines for people as to what to expect um from a mental standpoint a faith standpoint like you have any encouragement for them like if they're would you say don't do it would you say hey this is a great line of work and here's why or what would you give them as far as just kind of a heads up on you know i I think every situation is specific. And, and what I would say is don't go in the military because your family went in the military. Don't go in the military because your big brother went in and you think mm -hmm. it's cool to be a Navy SEAL mm -hmm. because you can only be what God has called you to be, right? I, right? I tell this metaphor all the time. Like our body, our physical body, is a representation of the body of Christ, right? Like the head gets all the attention it's got the brain in it right it's it's like the thing everybody's looking at right it's getting it done but sometimes you might just be the old ugly pinky toe that's curled up under on your foot uh, and that's just what you're just supposed to provide balance to the rest of the body so what i'm saying is that if you genuinely feel like not even feel if you i mean first it starts with a relationship with god right because then you yeah. don't know so right. once you have that in my opinion, you got to know, you got to sort through your, what it is you're supposed to be doing. And so what I'm getting at is, is I don't want to say, yeah, I think it's a, I think it has a lot of really good things going in the military and law enforcement, but it also has a lot of bad things in it, just like everything else in the world. And so if it's not what you're meant to do, you're not going to be fulfilled. You're not going to be successful. It's going to suck. You're going to hate it. And if it is what you're supposed to do, you it might still suck and you hate it, but in the end, you're going to be like, well, I'm fulfilled in this, right? Like it, it's it's filling me up doing this because this is just who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. So yeah. really, it, you can write out a pro and con list, but in the end, to me, that doesn't matter. If I had went in the military, I, I can tell you right now, I would have hated it. Now, I would have had a lot of cool stories to tell. Like I would have learned a lot of lessons. Right. I would have added to my resume, like it a lot of. I would have had good insurance. A lot of good things would have came from it. And there's a lot of pros right there. 
But that one con that says that's not what you're supposed to do, that that just busts all the rest of those out. Yeah, and, it wasn't in your heart. It's got to be in your heart. It's got to feel like not even a calling at that point because sometimes we don't know it's a calling until we actually step out into it, right? But if it's not in your heart and when you every time you think about it, you get this anxiety versus peace about it. That's yeah. your answer, right? So a lot of people that get into law enforcement do it for the reasons you said earlier. You know, they feel like they're following in somebody's footsteps or it's just what's expected of them. And I like like the analogy you gave, like the brain can't be the toe and the toe vice and vice versa. Like yeah. even if they want to be, they're not wired to be. So we, we got to find that in ourselves. So man, uh, I'm going to finish out with this. Um, and I don't even know that I, I don't even think I gave you a heads up on this question, but you're, you're going to, you're going to crack up because, um, I hear you guys talk a lot about the government and where it's going, where it's headed, like where it's been, where it is. I I'm on board with all your perspectives. Um, so I'm going to give you maybe a little bit of the power here. You're, you're president for a day. What's the first couple things you would implement like you don't have to get it approved by anybody like you stamp it it's done in that moment immediately real time what are a couple things you think we need to see done immediately yeah man gosh that's a that's a big question john i i I don't know that uh first of all you would probably decline that opportunity and say uh no thank you when they said blake (laughs) you're the president for a day you'd be like i don't want that um, yeah, but no, I, I, I mean, where you know, we're going as a culture, maybe. Yeah. I think the, uh, to me, and it, it's, it's an overarching, I guess a mm. general answer, but to me, the biggest problem is, is all, that all the, uh, the freedoms are being taken away. Right. So, yeah, I mean that if, if there was one thing you could do, it, it would be that, and it would be a hundred different things yep. that you would have to go in and change. But, um, you know, if I was president, I would probably cancel all the news channels. There you um, go. Perfect. <laughs> because all, in my opinion, all they put out is the are the bad things, the trash, or I, I don't even watch the news, so I don't even really know. I, when Me I quit either. watching it, that's what they were doing. Well, when uh, I heard the when I heard the uh, acronym of the news was negative entertainment without substance. That's what yeah. news stood for. Like I, I <laughs> cut it off, right? Just cut it off. Yeah. So good freedoms, freedoms. Uh, I agree, man. There's there's a lot of directions that things are going just state government even all the way down to local government is scary where some of this stuff's going but uh you know i've listened to enough of your all's podcast where i would if i asked chad that question i'm thinking he would say taxes would be we would just oh, cut yeah. taxes all together <laughs> hey that's a freedom man that's a freedom. they're taking our money that's a freedom. <laughs> that's that's, you know you can that's throw true. it out there but um the dollar isn't really what it used to be, is it? Uh, no. it, it? All this currency is really kind of a joke uh, now. So that's why folks are spending money on other things uh, that are maybe yeah. more currency down the road if this thing goes south. Um, yeah, man. So I, I appreciate you answering. That was a I put you on the spot, but that was a great answer. <laughs> oh, um, that's fine, man. man, tell the audience where they can find, you know, the three of seven uh, resources, how they can, maybe just sign up for a course if they want. Uh, I got listeners all over the country. Um, so maybe, maybe one day y'all could make a trip to Texas and do a course out here, but man, what, where can we find some of the resources from y'all? Yeah, man. Um, we're on Instagram mainly. We're on Facebook too, but we're more active on Instagram. It's just three of seven project. 
And then if you go to our website, which is three of seven project with the numbers, not spelling them out. Um, <clears throat> it's got all of our information on there. So you click experiences and it's got the basic course and that'll tell you the upcoming dates, how to apply. The proving ground is the more it, it's hosted in a camp setting, but it's just mm -hmm. a different experience. Mm -hmm. And that's got a link to go sign up and a little bit of information about there. And if you wanted to book Chad for a speaking engagement, I don't speak. Chad is the only one who speaks, but, uh, and I don't care to speak. So that works out good. But if you want to book Chad to speak, uh, there's uh, information on there. So everything's on the website. But if you want to just keep up with what's going on, uh, you're best to go get on the uh, follow us on Instagram. We post all the podcasts on YouTube. It's on Apple, yeah, uh, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts we're at. And it's just the three of seven podcast. Yep. And that's, yeah, I would encourage everyone. Um, I think I've shared a few episodes. I know I've shared a few with my son who's 22 and he just got out of college, got a job. And uh, man, I sent him a couple of the podcasts and, and it, it's just, it's cool to hear you guys just unapologetically out in front with your faith and sitting around, like you said, just a couple dudes at the dinner table, uh, chopping it up and, and you guys yeah. are real, you guys are real. And, and that's what, we were, I was talking to Eddie Penny last week and he said, isn't it weird that we have to comment of how authentic and real people are? It's kind of sad yeah. that we have to point that out because it's so rare, but you guys are authentic. You guys are real audience, man. This has been a great time to hear from Blake's perspective, to hear about the company that he and his brother started to hear about resilience and how we can build that in ourselves. And we got a little more in the tank than we think we do. So with that, he's been Blake, Wright. We've been last in line. Be blessed.